welcome to Over in Smith, an H.P. Lovecraft podcast where one of us reads one of his writings to the other, or sometimes more than one person. Uh, and we also have audiobook versions available of all of these stories. I'm Faith, and today with me is somebody who really loves cats. Jesse! Hey! Let's not mention Lovecraft's cat's name, please. <laughs> no. We'll only talk about our cats, because they're perfect and precious. We yeah. love them. The only time Dexter isn't great is when he bites me randomly, and I and I don't like him <laughs> for a couple asleep. seconds. Yeah. That's the only time he's not a good cat. Yeah. But then Sometimes he becomes Mo a good cat immediately after. Sometimes Mo will knock glasses of water on me while I'm asleep. That's not fun. Well, that's because you're not hydrated a- enough. Yeah. He see he knows. I don't drink enough water. He just knows. I know. Yeah, cats are perfect. <laughs> but today we're going to be reading the Cats of Ulthar. Um, and thankfully the edition I have, which is the Barnes and Noble, like the special leather bound, the fancy one. Um, they have a little, they have a little paragraph about each story when it was written, and that kind of stuff. So this one, uh, this short tale written on June 15th, 1920, is perhaps Lovecraft's most delightful tribute to his beloved Philidae. Lovecraft outlined the basic plot of the story in a letter of May 21st, 1920. It features several borrowings in the work of Lord Dunsany, in particular the citation of Dark Wanderers. A similar tribe is cited in Idle Days on the Yam. This depiction of an elementary and particularly gruesome tit-for-tat vengeance motif is fitting for a story that that purports to be an ancient fable or legend. The story first appeared in the tryout in November 1920. Um, wow, that's actually not long between him outlining it and it actually getting published. For, like, some of these take took, like, a year or two to get published. Yeah, that's not much. No, that was pretty quick. Well, it is about cats. He did love cats. Oh, he loved cats. It. Also, don't don't mention the name don't of his Don't look up the name cat. of his cat. No. It's, it's not it great. It's, it's not good. It's real bad. He loved his cat. Uh, but fortunately, he was also very racist. <laughs> As you've heard in some of his other stories. Yeah. Alright, well, shall we get started? I guess. The Cats of Ulthar. It is said that in Ulthar, which lies beyond the river sky, no man may kill a cat. And this I can verily believe as I gaze upon him, who sitteth purring before the fire. For the cat is cryptic and close to strange things which men cannot see. He is the soul of antique Egyptus, and bearer of tales from forgotten cities, a meroer and Ophir. He is the kin of the jungle lords, and heir to the secrets of hoary and sinister Africa. He the, is a real he, good boy. I love him. Look at his fluffy tubby. 
And look at his little beans, his little toe beans. Not only, not only is he a fierce, but he's also real cute. And sometimes I put my face on his belly and raspberry him, and he makes weird noises. He hates it, but I love him, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his little peats. Him's you could <laughs> Him's innocent. Oh, he, how he tucks them in when he lays down. He does you a blip. <laughs> a blip. When he is very tired and he forgets to put in his tongue. You can you can hear H.P. Lovecraft trying not to gush about cats. <laughs> paragraph he's like trying so hard he's like no don't talk about the topians you have to make them sound scary this is a scary story about scary cats and their soft tummies and their tobies <laughs> i love them so much the sphinx is his cousin and he speaks her language but he is more ancient than the sphinx and remembers that which she hath forgotten in Ulthar, before ever the Burgesses forbade the killing of cats, there dwelt an old cotter and his wife, who delighted to trap and slay the cats of their neighbors. Why they did this, I know not, save that many hate the voice of the cat in the night, and take it ill that cats should run stealthily about yards and gardens at twilight. But whatever the reason, this old man and woman took pleasure in trapping and slaying every cat which came near their hovel. And from some of the sounds heard, after dark, many villagers fancied that the manner of slaying exceedingly peculiar. But the villagers did not discuss such things with the old man and his wife, because of the habitual expression on the withered faces of the two. And because their cottage was so small and so darkly hidden under the spreading oaks at the back of a neglected yard. You know what I think? I think what? they're all fucking cowards. Yeah. Those, 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 those old people are going to, they're going to catch them hands. My, my hands are rated O, uh, o for old people killing cats. <laughs> rated, rated, I would say it's rated E for everyone, but no, it's specifically for those people. <laughs> Rated T for these fucking people. <laughs> I don't care if they're old. They're getting these hands. You know what? Not only will I fight a child, I'll fight an old woman. I don't give a <laughs> shit. I'll fight a bee. I don't give a fuck. I'll knock her walker down and kick dirt <laughs> in her face. I'll kick your ass. I'll kick my ass. I'll kick your grandma's ass. <laughs> Especially if she's killing cats. Then I'm really gonna kick her ass. You're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> In truth, much of the owners of cats hated these odd folk. They feared them more, and instead of berating them as brutal assassins, merely took care that no cherished pet or mouser should, should stray towards the remote hovel under the dark trees. When through some unavoidable oversight a cat was missed and sounds heard after dark, the loser would lament impotently or console himself by thanking fate that it was not one of his children, who had thus vanished. For the people of Ulthar were simple, and knew not whence it is all cats first came. Man, fuck these people. <laughs> I like
like how they're like, oh, I guess they can kill cats, but at least they're not killing children. Like, bitch, if you think they're going to kill your kids, like, maybe you should do something. You know one of the first signs of a serial killer is? Killing animals. Killing animals. Wow. they're They're probably killing that, like, 15th child. You don't think about that much. Yeah. Yeah, your your twentieth child that wanders off sometimes because you don't have time for him because you have twenty children. It's like, oh, my my menial labor isn't being done by my child slaves, and then you just pop out a new one. Wait till it's three. Teach it, teach it how to <laughs> teach it how to hold a like a pickaxe. <laughs> a hoe. <laughs> a hoe. It's probably more accurate. Well, you never know. They might go mining. One day, a caravan of strange wanderers from the south entered the narrow cobbled streets of Ulthar. Dark wanderers they were, and unlike the other roving folk who passed through the village twice every year. In the marketplace, they told fortunes for silver and bought gay beads from the merchants. Gay beads really threw me off. Gay bees? I just, I saw gay and I was like, there I am. It's tech. I'm a gay bee. I'm a gay bee. Are you gonna sell me in a marketplace? Please don't. I, I'm, I'm gonna... a I'm a bee. I'm a bee. I'm a I'm a gay bee in the marketplace. <laughs> it's me, the gay bee of the marketplace. Your local <laughs> gay bee. <laughs> what was the land of these wanderers? None could tell, but it was seen that they were given no strange prayers. Or sorry. But it was seen that they were given to strange prayers, and that they had painted on the sides of their wagons strange figures with human bodies in the heads of cats, hawks, rams, and lions. And the leader of the caravan wore a headdress with two horns and a curious disc betwixt the horns. There was, in the singular caravan, a little boy with no father or mother, but only a tiny black kitten to cherish. The plague had not been kind to him, yet had left him this small furry thing to mitigate his sorrow. And when one is very young, one can find great relief in the lively antics of a black kitten. So the boy, whom the dark people called Menes, smiled more often than he wept, as he sat playing with his graceful kitten on the steps of an oddly painted wagon. I'm pretty sure these people are just Egyptian. I'm pretty sure they're not, like, Strange wanderers or anything like that. On the third morning of the wanderer's stay in Ulthar, Menes could not find his kitten, and as he sobbed aloud in the marketplace, certain villagers told him of the old man and his wife, and of sounds heard in the night. And when he heard these things, his sobbing gave place to meditation, and finally to prayer. He stretched out his arms towards the sun, and prayed in a tongue no villager could understand, though indeed the villagers did not try very hard to understand, since their attention was mostly taken up by the sky and the odd shapes the clouds were assuming. It was very peculiar, but as the little boy uttered his petition, there seemed to form overhead the shadowy, nebulous figures of exotic things, of hybrid creatures crowned with horn-flanked discs. Nature is full of such illusions to impress the imaginative. Yeah, that's why that's that's why you don't uh, don't mess with the uh, this the the warlock. You know, that's, yeah. that that kitten, that kitten was his goddamn patron. Yeah. Now he's gonna summon an elder god to destroy you. Not gonna lie, 
if somebody hurt my cat, I would probably also summon an elder god. You you know the insanely racist movies Death Wish? Yes. Um, it would be that, but for humans. Like, all humans. I'd be <laughs> yes. like, guess what? <laughs> Human time is over. Guess what? Fuck everybody. <laughs> Human time is over. We've lost our privilege to being alive. This is it. It's over. Soft yes on all human genocide. (laughs) (laughs) Put it in your schedules. Human time over at three o'clock on Wednesday. (laughs) Plan for it. Get your Arby's before it happens. Because it's not going to be there unless it's cat Arby's. That night, wanderers left Ulthar and were never seen again. And the householders were troubled when they noticed that in all the village, there was not a cat to be found. From each hearth, the familiar cat had vanished. Cats large and small, black, gray, striped, yellow, and white. Old Crenon, the burgomaster, swore... Th- Is that how you pronounce it? Burgomaster. That's, yep. Yeah. It's spelled B-U-R-G-O, and then Master. I would say Burger Master. Burger Master. Bur- <laughs> master the, he works at Wendy's at the grill. <laughs> I would say Dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the he's at every he's at every barbecue, and like you always expect it to be your dad flipping the burgers. But it's old Cronon. He's always there. You don't know where he came from. You didn't invite him. But there he is. The Burgermaster. Old Cronon, the Burgomaster, swore that the dark folk had taken the cats away in revenge for the killing of Menes's kitten and cursed the caravan and the little boy. But Nith, the lean notary, declared that the old cotter and his wife were more likely persons to suspect. For their hatred of cats was notorious and increasingly bold. Still, no one durst complain to the sinister couple, even when little Adel, the innkeeper's son, vowed that he had at twilight seen all of the cats of Ulthar in that accursed yard, under the trees, pacing very slowly and solemnly in a circle around the cottage, two abreast, as if in performance of some unheard-of rite of beasts. The villagers did not know how much to believe from so small a boy, and though they feared that their and though they feared that the evil pair had charmed the cats to their death, they preferred not to chide the old cotter till they met him outside his dark and repellent yard. Damn man, even the cats are summoning older gods. Who's to say that they summoned anything? That's true. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe they, maybe they, maybe they were the gods the entire time. Oh my god! It all makes sense now. Yep. So Uthar went to sleep in vain anger, and when people waked at dawn, behold, every cat was back at his accustomed hearth, large and small, black, gray, striped, yellow, and white. None was missing. Very sleek and fat did their cats appear, as sonor- as sonorous with purring content. 
The citizens talked with one another of the affair and marveled not a little. Old Cronan again insisted that it was the dark folk who had taken them, since cats did not return alive from the cottage of the ancient man and his wife. But all agreed on one thing. The refusal of all the cats to eat their portions of meat or drink from their saucers of milk was exceedingly curious. And for two whole days, the sleek, lazy cats of Ulthar would touch no food, but only doze by the fire or in the sun. It was fully a week before the villagers noticed that no lights were appearing at dusk that no lights were appearing at dusk in the windows of the cottage under the trees. Then the lean nith remarked that no one had seen the old man or his wife since the night the cats were away. In another week, the burgomaster decided to overcome his fears and call at the strangely silent dwelling as a matter of duty though in so doing he was careful to take with him the Shang, the blacksmith, and Thule, the cutter of stone, as witnesses. Shang, the blacksmith, and Thule, the cutter of stone, as witnesses. And when they had broken down the frail door, they found only this, two cleanly picked human skeletons on the earthen floor, and a number of singular beetles crawling in the shadowy corners. There was subsequently much talk among the burgesses of Ulthar. Zath the coroner disputed at length with Nith, the lean notary, and Kurnan and Shang and Thule were overwhelmed with questions. Even little Atal, the innkeeper's son, was closely questioned and given a sweet meat as resort. A sweet meat as reward. They talked of the old cotter and his wife, of the caravan of dark wanderers, of small menes and his black kitten, of the prayer of menes, of the sky during that prayer, of the doings of cats on the night the caravan left, and of what was later found in the cottage under the dark trees in the repellent yard. And in the end, the Burgesses passed that remarkable law, which told of by traders and Hotheg and discussed by travelers to near, namely, that in Ulthar no man may kill a cat. The end. Woo! Those go, old people got it. Go cats! You did it! Congrats! You, you, the evil has been defeated. <laughs> you done what you were supposed to do, and that was eat old people. <laughs> man, they got rid of the pests. That's... That's it. That's what you needed. <laughs> I like how they're like, they spent two days not eating anything. Like, damn. That's unheard of. So I, dis I dispute this. Even when my cats are full, they beg for food still. <laughs> well, every cat hasn't been fed for 900 years. <laughs> for, for at least a century. <laughs> so, uh, I, I like how, I like how, like, like, Good old uh, Howard here. Uh, I was just like, I can't just like write a story about like how perfect cats are. So I'm gonna make it spooky, but but by spooky I mean like like real real good, like like how they like cats are good boys, and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> about how they are the ultimate justice bringers. 
kitty cats with their soft bellies and their little peats. Uh, and I want to apply my face directly to its belly. Yeah, I wish to push my face and myself for. Yeah. I wish to give kisses. I I think that this is a is a pretty good story. This is really good. <laughs> I could do it without some of the the racist undertones, but like, yeah, like I'm I'm not, not I'm not gonna say I'm I'm like form or anything, but like they're. It's fairly minor compared to a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. No, a lot of things that he's written, definitely. <laughs> I guess it should be, expect like, all of his stories. Like, almost all of them have some kind of racist undertone. The only time that that doesn't happen is when there's no human beings in it. And even then, sometimes he still manages to get it in there. Well, oh, well the good thing is, is, like, technically, like, one of the people who he normally would say is ruining everything did make did was like you know technically the hero it's true Menes. yeah yeah Menes. he's pretty good i i Menes, good boy best lovecraft hero excellent uh what's his face uh carter randolph carter randolph carter fuck him (laughs) Menes. He only appears in one story, and listen, that's all that's all you need. You just need one story. <laughs> so so I know this one's going pretty high up. Yes. But like but like where? Where? Um what are our top five? So we have Dagon, the White Ship, State uh Statement of Randolph Carter, Memory, and Polaris. I think I would put it above Polaris. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I really like Polaris. Yeah, but this one, this one, like, you know. This one's better. <laughs> yeah, well, because, like, you know, Polaris was about, like, you know, HP, like, but, like, a good old Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> it's Howard. It's Howard, I know. <laughs> I can't wait to read <laughs> Reanimator now. It's like, ah, yes, Howard. <laughs> Howard West. I mean, Herbert West. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but good old HP, like, like that one was more about, like, hey, like, I really miss my friend and that I was, like, there to help him out. And this one's just like, cats are great. Do you know what's great? Cats. Yeah, you cats know what? You know what's even thing. greater when cats are fat on the on the on the blood and bones of, of of people who hate cats. Yeah, you know what's great when people who hate cats die, and when cats are happy, and both of those happen in the story. Yeah. So, what so, more could you want from a story? I don't Just know. Fat, happy cats. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did make an entire entire thing called Warrior Cats. Oh, that's true. You could have cats <laughs> that fight. Well, actually, it would be even better if no cat died. <laughs> why is this why I watch cat videos so often? I just like I just need content that's just fat, happy cats. Nothing bad happened. It's just happy cats. They're preferably fat. Yeah. They don't have to be though. That's it's fine if they are. 
I mean, I'm, I'm fine with I'm fine with all sorts of cats. I love all cats. Yeah. But yeah, H.P. Lovecraft just wrote a story about how much he loved cats. And listen, I appreciate that, and I stand by it. I would say 10 out of 10 would read again. 10 out of 10. Had cats. Was spooky. That's that's all I need. Do you want to do any plugs? I also happen to do a podcast called Alphabet Fly, where I talk about Marvel characters thrice weekly, where I'm just about done with a almost 600 episode long first season. I'm just about done with the Mark Greenwald uh, era of the handbooks. Um, and I'm going to take a long deserved not long does a break like a couple weeks probably afterwards but i'm very close so holy uh, shit now you know now's the time to catch up yes it's a really good series it's really fun so um i also have a podcast called turn to page where i talk about and read a choose your own adventure book with mostly rob and we kind of Sometimes they'll read it to me. You know, we choose your own adventure book. You know, we go through them and we make goof them ups. You know, like, <laughs> listen to it. Like, come on. It's real good. Who doesn't love choose your own adventure books? Like, people who hate cats who get eaten, who deserve to get eaten. Exactly. By cats. Which we all know how that ended. Yeah, that's real, it ended real badly. So. Real so listen, listen, listen. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then you should go read my webcomic. It's called Grace Swings at graceswings.com. It's an urban horror fantasy with a very lazy protagonist and also like the threat of the apocalypse. But I mean, what good urban fantasy out there doesn't have the threat of the apocalypse? Um, also, the protagonist isn't a hot redhead. Well, I would say that there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of erotic uh, vampire uh, urban fantasy <laughs> that doesn't have a lot of threat of apocalypse. It's true. I, I, I guess it depends on how much fucking is happening. Damn. Yeah. Um, there is some. The, the only the only apocalypse that's happening is down in my pants. <laughs> That's the that's the next comic I'll do in like five years after Grace's Wings is done. I'll do an erotic vampire urban urban fantasy. There you go. I got raking those big bucks. Okay, but um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, be nice to cats. If you don't, you're going to get eaten. Yeah. Bye. Bye bye. Wow. <laughs>